Hello, welcome back. Hey, Robert Don. I have a good one for us today. Like, as far as true crime cases, I can't speak. True crime cases go pretty, pretty fucked up. But there's a lot that goes on. That, mm, I don't know how to explain it without giving it away, but there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot of people complicated like that oh it's but it's the thing is it's really simple it's not complicated at all they all tend to be like that there's so mm-hmm. much going on but it's obvious yeah so um i'm just gonna get stuck into it <laughs> oh that's go. i just want i just want you to really sarian she covered this before but i like i went a little bit further into it um like Bailey Sarian. Um, this is like this happens in Indianapolis. Um, and there's two people you need to know about first. The first person you need to know about is Sylvia. Sylvia Likens. This is this is the whole thing is about Sylvia Likens. She sounds familiar. I think I oh, might have heard it. You might have. Um, she's born January third, nineteen forty nine. Uh, she's the third child of five kids um uh she is the child of lester and elizabeth uh likens and they both work in a carnival so she has so she is a third child and she's born between two sets of fraternal twins so there's wait wait what does that mean what so boy girl boy boy girl fraternal boy girl twins Right, so there's twins either side of her. Yeah. Uh, first, The first set of twins, Daniel and Diana, they're two years older. And then the second set of twins, Benny and Jenny, are a year younger. Um, so, the, so for one of the twins, you do actually need to know like a tiny bit about her because she, she's involved in it too. Uh, Jenny, one of the younger twins, so when she's like really young, gets polio and it makes one of her legs weaker than the other one. So she had a she had a bit of a limp and she wore a steel brace on one leg, um. But uh, the her parents because they were carnival workers, they had like a really unstable marriage. They they sold like when I say they were carnival workers, they worked like the stands and like sold like a tuck shop kind of thing. So they sold like candy and soda and beer and stuff at, at like summer, and they like moved around a lot but because they worked in a carnival there obviously wasn't a lot of money in that so they didn't really have a lot of money all the time should have um, run a duck with money in that you what they should have run a hook a duck uh, there'd, be yeah. there'd be more money in that yeah um whenever they were going to the carnival they, they usually only took the sons with them because they so i i can get why they would only bring the sons with them because they considered it to be unsafe for the daughters so the three yeah. girls, they usually stay with relatives, that mostly their grandparents. Well, when I say the three girls, I actually mean t- the two youngest ones because Diana, at some point, gets she gets married and moves off and lives on her with her family, basically. Um, but whenever she, uh, Sylvia's younger, like young teenager, so I'd say probably about 11 or 12, never actually specifies an age, but I'm going to... I'm going to say it's about 11 or 12 because 
going by what it is that she's doing, I would assume that that's that's the sort of age I would have done the same thing. She would do like babysitting and running errands and like performing chores for like friends and neighbours to get like a little bit of money, like a little bit of pocket money that she like would give to her parents to help. Um, and like she basically she was just described as a really friendly, good kid. And then the next person, uh, there's like a little bit more to be known about her, is Gertrude Banizuski. She she's an older woman. She's September nineteenth, nineteen twenty eight, is when she was born. Also born in Indiana, in Indianapolis. Her parents are Molly and Hugh Van Fossen Senior. Uh, they were both born in Illinois, and they they were. American and Dutch, if I remember correctly, like they that their ancestors were American and Dutch. She was also the third child, but of six children, and her family was uh, working class. She so at the age of eleven, she sees her dad die uh, of a sudden heart attack. Um, and at age sixteen, she drops out of school, marries her. Husband John, yes, John Banaszewski, and he's 18 at the time, so there's only two years difference in him. He's of Polish ancestry. I don't know what relevance that has to anything, but that's just the information I find. <laughs> okay, so he's, right now, I just feel sorry for both of these girls, so I hope they aren't actually. I feel sorry for them right now. <laughs> so, she, so she gives, basically, she, get, she bears John four children. Um, John is abusive and has a really bad temper, but they stay together for 10 years before getting divorced. So after they divorce, she marries Edward Guthrie, but they, they literally only mar stay married for like three months. Uh, they get divorced and then she remarries her first husband, has another two children with him, divorces him again. Um, and then weeks after that divorce, she starts a relationship with a 22-year-old. His name's Dennis Lee Wright. And he's also physically abusive towards her. She is, Wait, she, how, how old is she by that point, though? Uh, mm, 20, so it was 21 when she left her first husband, because they were together for 10 years. Uh, doesn't say how long, but I'm going to say she was like 23 whenever she... Uh, marries the first the next husband and then divorces him uh, and I think she was married for like three or four more years to her husband again so maybe 26 or 27 whenever she starts a relationship with Dennis oh it's not, not too bad it's not it's not too bad she's she, she's just she's like I'd say it's like me and Connor because I'm 26 and he's like 23 so I'm glad she can find this many husbands yeah, I know. That <laughs> they're not they're not very nice husbands, <laughs> to no, be fair. There so is that. when she's in a relationship with Dennis, he's physically abusive towards him. She has one child by him and gives him gives that child the boyfriend's name, Dennis Lee Wright Jr. And then after that child is born, Dennis Sr. abandons them completely. And so she files for paternity suit. Um for financial support and he isn't really able to pay much because he's so young he doesn't really have a job um her 
ex-husband that the one she was married to for 10 years and remarried basically he at some point gets a job as a police officer and he ends up playing her child support for the kids that she has with him um so it comes to like 1965 and she she lives alone with seven kids so she's and they're all like quite close in age she's got paula she's 17 stephanie 15 john is 12 marie's 11 shirley 10 uh james is eight and then the last kid dennis and he's one and at this point she's 36 years old wow i mean i live alone with a child and imagine how to do so People like, so they were, there's a description of her and she weighs about a hundred pounds and five foot six. And people like, described her, quote, uh, haggard, underweight, asthmatic, end quote. She chain smoked and she had depression and she, it was just a depression because she had three failed marriages and one failed relationship and a recent miscarriage. Um, but like I said, her, her primary source of finance is from her first husband. And he sends, like, he, he's not even, like, regular with the checks for child support. It's, it's very sporadic, and she gets them basically just when she gets them. And she ends up performing, like, jobs for neighbours and friends just to get money. Um, so those are, like, the two the two main people you need to know. You need to know everyone else that was mentioned there, like, the, the children and all, but those are, like, those are the main people you'll be hearing in the thing. So, in, I think it's in the June of 1965, Sylvia and her sister Jenny, the one that had polio, they live with the parents in Indianapolis. So, around a month later, July, their mom gets arrested for shop, shoplifting. Um, and because obviously, the dad, Lester, has to work. He basically looks around for places for the two girls to stay because obviously he's going to take the two boys with him. And, you know, Paula's already married. Or not Paula. Not her name. Yeah. Diana. Diana's already married. So she he doesn't need to worry about where she's going to stay. Um. But yeah, so Jenny and Sylvia, he arranges for them to stay with Gertrude. So he actually he only chooses her because she, her two two daughters that she has, Paula and Stephanie, are close in age to uh, Sylvia and and Jenny, and they go to school together. So they're friends in school. The school they go to is the Arsenal Technical High School. Um. He agrees to pay Gertrude £20 a week to keep his two daughters until he returns to pick them up, basically. Okay. Um, so, uh, like yeah. a foster home. Yeah, kind of. That kind of... Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Um, or just a casual arrangement. Yeah, like there's, no, like, there's no contract or anything like that written up. Um... So in the first the first little while that they're staying there, uh, they don't really get disciplined and like Sylvia, like she was like really good friends with Stephanie and she, they, like she would take part in the housework and stuff and 
they both attended Sunday school with the the Banaszewski children. So they were being like really well taken care of in the in the first little while anyway. Um, their dad, remember he had agreed to pay twenty pound a week. Um, he was really inconsistent with payments. They they didn't really arrive ever arrive on the prearranged dates, and like sometimes they would arrive on time sometimes they'd arrive like one or two days late or like longer and Gertrude sort of started getting frustrated and uh, she started taking her frustrations like on the on the sisters she would spank them with like various like different objects one of them which is like described as being a quarter inch thick paddle and like while she was spanking them she would say like things like well I took care of you two little bitches for a week for nothing oh and then by like late August both girls had been beaten around 15 times in the back uh, with that paddle oh my god and like so the reason that this happened is because Paula one of the daughters had accused the sisters of eating too much at the church supper that all the children had like went to. Right. So. Yeah, I know. Like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you eat food at a church supper? <laughs> but so, like, mid-August in like 1965. So they, I don't think they've been in the house that long. July, yeah, July 1965 is when they went. It gets to like August, so it's less than a month. Um. Gertrude basically starts focusing almost all of her abuse on Sylvia. And like, see, isn't the thing, there's like, so there's a couple of sources that say that Gertrude um, is motivated by, because she's jealous of Sylvia's physical appearance. Um, But there's other ones that say it's Paula who was jealous. And like, so like, it doesn't, it's not really like, think there's an actual reason for it I just I think they were like they were all jealous because I like whenever I like put up the um evidence on the Instagram you'll see why because Sylvia is a very pretty like 16 year old girl she's very very pretty um whenever yeah so yeah so it's not really clear whether it was her physical appearance who it was that was actually jealous of her I think it was probably both of them but, like, according to, like, the trial testimonies, any abuse that was ever inflicted on Sylvia, it always happened, like, whenever she came home from school or on the weekends. And, like, at the start, it was, like, it was, like, beatings and starvation that were forcing her to eat, like, leftovers or spoiled food from, like, the garbage cans. Like, there's there's one, there's like quite a bit of, like, a, a, like a freak one that it comes later, but there's, like, they accuse her one time of stealing a candy bar, but she had actually she'd actually bought it. Um, basically, it's like stupid reasons that they're they're like beating her and stuff. So, are they all like joining in, like the other the other kids? And stuff? At the moment, it's just Gertrude. Okay, just because you said they, so yeah. Um, but I think they're all just like standing by, not watching, not really saying anything. Um, 
by the end of that August, so still they're only a month in, they have like another like, incident basically when uh, Sylvia says she's got a boyfriend in Long Beach that she met like that spring when her family had been in California. And Gertrude, like, Pritchard asked her if she's ever done anything with the boy. And, like, Sylvia doesn't really know what she means. Like, she's 16, and she just goes, I guess so. Um, and said she'd gone skating and the, um, with boys and, like, gone to the beach with them. Like, her and Jenny had gone to the beach with them. She keeps, she's like, she keeps going with her conversation. Because conversations between her, Jenny, and uh, Gertrude's daughter, Stephanie. And so she keeps, so like Gertrude's just like popping in to their conversation. Um, but she says to like Stephanie and Jenny that she had like once uh, lay underneath the covers with her boyfriend. And then Gertrude like interrupts again. Be like, why did you do that, Sylvia? And uh, Sylvia's like shrugging her shoulders, just no. And like, so they leave it, like nothing happens. And then like a couple of days later, Gertrude comes back and goes, it says, uh, you're certainly getting big of the stomach, Sylvia. It looks like you're going to have a baby. But like, so like Sylvia thinks she's joking. And like oh. just says, yeah, it sure is getting big. You're just going to have, I'm just going to have to go on a diet. But then Gertrude like goes on, like the, all the girls in the house. And she basically just says that whenever they did something with the boy, they would be sure to have a baby. And she kicks. Sylvia in, in the genitals. Her, right, oh. But here's the thing that fucking makes it all that much for, more fucking glorious is that her daughter Paula is overweight and three months pregnant at the time. She's she is jealous of Sylvia's parents. That is apparently a very known fact. And joins in on the attack, like knocks her off the chair in the kitchen, shouting at her, You you aren't fit to sit in this chair. Wait, so that's the, that's, that's Gertrude's oldest daughter. Yeah, that's Gertrude's oldest daughter. Um, wait, let me just make sure that it is. Yeah, Paula 17, yeah. Um, so another time, they're eating dinner. This is the one that, like, makes me, like, be a bit, whoa, But they're, like, eating dinner, dinner, <laughs> they're eating dinner. Um, with uh, like as a family and like they have like a neighborhood boy around who's it's Paul's Paul's boyfriend a Randy Gordon and they like they force feed Sylvia a hot dog which is like overloaded with like ketchup and mustard and like just you know, the condiments but like so she throws up and then later on, they force her to eat what she had already, like, been sick. Oh, no. Yeah. So, some, at like, some point later, there's a rumour going around the school that Paula and Stephanie, uh, Gertrude's two oldest daughters, are prostitutes. And that they accuse Sylvia of spreading the rumour. And um I mean I wouldn't blame her if she did, quite honest. No, I, I wouldn't either. Um there. Um so 
Sylvia stupidly admits that she did. She did that the rumor. Um, she did it because she was upset with the household, like singling her out. Um, for like with similar accusations, like they would call her a prostitute and stuff. So, um, some like so they found out because Stephanie. I got one of the boys like jokingly propositioned her as a prostitute and then told her that Sylvia had started the rumor. Stephanie like goes home and like asks Sylvia about the rumor and she obviously stupidly says yeah I started it. Um, Stephanie punches her. Sylvia like apologizes to her and like cries and like Stephanie begins to cry but I don't know who tells Stephanie's boyfriend. He's like, uh, he's 15 at the time. His name's Coy. Someone tells him and he like brutally attacks her. Like he slaps her, bangs her head against the wall, flips her backwards onto the floor. And then after all that, when Gertrude finds out, she uses the paddle to beat Likens again. So she, she basically receives like three different beatings for the same thing. Um. And then, like, at one point, Paula beats Sylvia for something so hard that she breaks her own wrist. Like, she she just, I don't know, she hit her so hard that she broke her own wrist. And then... Surely Sylvia's got broken bones. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised. Um... But like whenever, like later on, I'll tell you like the madness of all this. But um, like it's already madness. But like when you go into more depth into it later, um, like she gets a cast on her arm and uses that cast then to beat Sylvia more. Oh God! It's like just keeps going, and Gertrude keeps like falsely accusing. Uh, Sylvia of like being a prostitute like having sex with men and like she like rants at like, Sylvia about being filthy and like how prostitutes are disgusting and all that um, and like sometimes like later on she would make like Sylvia's sister Jenny hit her oh and then if she if Jenny didn't do it, she like she would hit Jenny. And this is Paula. Yep. No, no, no. That's Gertrude. Gertrude would make her do it. Not not the daughter, the the mother. Um. Then, so Stephanie's boyfriend Coy would come to the house quite a bit with his like friends, and they would all like physically and like verbally abuse and tormentor um and like together with Gertrude and like her children and they would like so some of them would use her as a practice dummy for like judo sessions like and like whenever I say like a practice dummy like so I did jiu-jitsu whenever I was younger you don't use a weapon of any kind mm-hmm. so like 
it's all like self-defense maneuvers that you learn when you're really young and then you go into like attacking maneuvers it's the same for judo quite a lot of judo is in jiu-jitsu um but they they, they lacerate her body oh, and they like yeah. burn her skin with cigarettes like over a hundred times they're like so her, her genitals get injured um in some of the like cases it's it's not said high but like well it kind of is and I'm gonna put like a, a trigger warning here because there's like like so that's some of the light light stuff but like I'm gonna put a trigger warning here because like this is it gets into like proper child abuse and like you know because she's 16 um there's there's sexual acts and stuff here not on me on her but uh, you'll you'll understand um but Gertrude like to entertain uh Gertrude basically oh this is so weird to entertain Gertrude um and like all of the like teenage teenagers that were there um at some points Sylvia was made to like strip naked in the family room and like they would give her like a, a glass Pepsi bottle and tell her to like masturbate with it. What the hell? Yeah. And then like so while this was all happening, uh Gertrude would be saying to her, like, um, like to everyone present, that, like the, the reason this is all happening to Sylvia was to prove to Jenny what kind of girl you are. Prove to Jenny what mm-hmm. So then that's like putting guilt on Jenny. Uh-huh. So eventually, like Gertrude basically just stops Sylvia from going to school together. After like what happens after um Gertrude refuses to buy a gym suit for Sylvia that she needs for class. Like they're not allowed to wear anything but that gym suit in class. She doesn't have it, so she steals the gym suit. Gertrude finds the gym suit and is like, what the fuck? Well, no, that's not quoted. That's just me. Um, <laughs> and Sylvia confesses because she's like, she's like, despite all of this, she still is like naive and like a good girl. Like she, she's not going to lie. So she, she confesses that she stole the gym suit and that's what makes Gertrude take her out of school. She whips her with a three-inch wide police belt. And then, like, so she stops. Where's her dad? Where's the dad? He's off working. So he doesn't know. No, like, doesn't have contact with him or anything. Well, you sort of, so... I get it's that, that bit soon. <laughs> okay, so, okay. um... <laughs> she she switches her conversations from like to like evils of premarital sex and then like starts kicking uh Sylvia in the genitals again. She's kicking her in the genitals again. She's got a real weapon for kicking her in the genitals. Um and uh, weirdly for once Stephanie actually like comes to Sylvia's defense and says she didn't do anything. Wait, what? Yeah, so one of Gertrude's daughters, the second, the second oldest, says that Sylvia didn't do anything. 
like actually defends her for once but doesn't really help because Gertrude then goes on to like burn uh Sylvia's fingertips with matches and then whips her again um and then like a couple days later um Gertrude whips Jenny with the same police belt because she apparently stole a one single tennis shoe from the school to wear on her obviously the foot without the brace don't know if it's true or not but like that's what was alleged um so this the sisters on like what you were saying about like whether or not the parents or the dad ever like checks in on them they they're basically really scared and like too scared to say anything to their family or like any of the adults in school people tend to be though like whenever you have an adult abusing you it's hard to trust other adults and especially because there's so many people in like there's so many kids in on it that like how can you be sure that they don't already know yeah, it's just more like, um, how do they not see? Yeah. Basically, they're both so young that they, they're afraid that saying something is going to make it worse. Awesome. And Jenny, Jenny is like the most, the one who struggles the most with this because she really wants to tell her family, but Gertrude threatens her and like mm. basically says to her, like, if if you do I'm gonna hurt you too I'm gonna torture you to the same like I'll do to you what I do to your sister like Jenny's already being bullied by all the girls in the neighborhood and like she does occasionally get beaten whenever like she like so whenever people find out that she's Sylvia's sister there's some of the, the kids will like beat her up too so it's like a whole like neighborhood abuse Oh yeah, it's like full like it's just fucking stupid. So in July and August, I think this is around a year later, maybe. Basically, like so basically that the mom and dad they occasionally come back to Indianapolis to visit their daughters. And it's basically only when they can afford to. And the last time that they visited their daughters was late August and when they did visit there was nothing like there was no signs of distress there was no like they didn't see any signs of mistreatment or anything like that so it was it was quite early on so they obviously just didn't think that anything bad was happening and it was like so it's almost immediately after they leave that like Gertrude turns to them basically it's just like what are you gonna do now Sylvia now that they're gone she knows it's gonna take a lot of them back oh no yeah so in September at some point they like so they see their older sister Diana in the park and so they they tell their sister they they do tell their sister the abuse is what's going on Okay. And like that, Sylvia like is specifically targeting. Like she's the one that's getting the most of it. Uh, like, and they're like, they're obviously explaining to her like it's things that like, net that like, that aren't true. That she's been accused of things she didn't do, and getting hit for things that like are stupid and obviously being force fed stuff. 
like neither of them tells her the actual address of where they live oh. but like diana believes her sister like well i say believe but she she thinks that they're exaggerating like what's happening to them but she like that's at the start she sort of thinks that and then like she sort of starts believing them more but like before before they had met at that point Sylvia and Jenny had like seen Diana in the same park with the 11 year old Marie Banaszewski and like Sylvia sort of says to her sister that time that she's hungry and her sister gives her a sandwich and she doesn't say anything when she gets home but Marie tells tells her family and like Gertrude basically is like calling her a glutton and after that Paula like chokes her and like they like bludgeon her and then the pair of them like will put her into a scalding bath to quote cleanse her of sin end quote and like while she's in there Gertrude's like grabbing her hair and like repeatedly banging her head against the bath and it's it's to revive her if she faints what yeah so like the if she faints she gets her head banged against the bath to revive her and like so after like shortly after that someone's dad let me just check uh michael john monroe who is uh one of the neighborhood boys dad he rings the school and like anonymous anonymously reports to the school that the girl that a girl with open sores across her entire body was living in the banaszewski household and like because Sylvia hadn't been in school for several days, they send out like a school nurse to investigate the claims. But how did he know that? How did he? See- yeah, I think he lives nearby, so he see that like when she's out and about, she's got that going on. Um, because the only thing that they took her away from is school and church at this point. So she's still allowed outside. She's still allowed to see, like, to go to the park with her sister. Um. The nurse, the nurse comes and Gertrude tells her that Sylvia ran away from home the previous week and while she was away and didn't know where she was um, she, she basically said that Sylvia was out of control and the reason she had open sores was because uh, Sylvia refused to maintain decent personal hygiene and then she like she goes on to say that like Sylvia has is a really bad influence on her own children and her sister and then the nurse basically just takes her word for it like no no nothing else is said about it nothing else is mentioned um basically just oh this woman says this that's good enough bish bash bosh away I go don't need to do any paperwork bye doesn't go into the house nothing I don't understand that because so many of these stories go that way Mm-hmm. but this is like so I, it's a shitty situation but at the same time you have to like you did remember it's in like 1940 something it, like yeah, social services I mean. wasn't really a thing they didn't really have like a, a process for what to do here it's basically just there's a responsible adult she says this is going on all right 
And if, if, of course, if she's making it out to be like a bad, she's making it out to be a bad person, they're going to believe you. And like, see, to be honest, that's still the way it is in terms of services. I grew up in foster care. If if your foster parent says that you're like, that you've done something, you don't get asked. You get asked why you did it. You don't get asked if you did it. Like, it's basically like the word of the adult is just taken as law. Yeah, but I mean, the adult that you take the word of, it's not rocket science. Wouldn't be that one. Mm. But. Yeah. Um, Would have been saved. I know. But so there's a, the, this is, this is also another thing that just fucking stupid that it just, they have neighbors, right? They're like middle-aged couple, Raymond and Phyllis, Vermillion? Yeah, Vermillion. Um, they, so they, like, at the very start are like, oh, Gertrude's a really good caregiver. She's like the ideal caregiver for these two girls. And they both, like, they both have been to the Banaduski residence. Uh, like, they, they went on two occasions while the girls were under Gertrude's care. On both occasions, they see Paula physically abusing them. What? Like, bo- here's the, like on both occasions, they, um, Sylvia has a black eye. And they, they openly, like, openly boasted and, like, mistreated her in front of them. Wow. And, like, both say, like, on the second visit that they went, both say that Likens, uh, so Sylvia, she appears to be, like, zombified in nature. She's, like, she's not, like, as open and friendly. She's meek. She's not, like, the same little girl that she was before she, like, came to Gertrude's house. But they never report anything. Like, not a thing. Who do you even report to in the... I guess the police is... Yeah. You you would think they would say to someone... Like the other guy sees her once with sores, like well, a couple of times with sores, and like immediately fucking reports it. They they see her being abused and they say nothing. Yeah. Made all the difference. Yeah. Um. So it gets to like October, November time. Diana, their sister, basically only finds out that they're in the temporary residents of the Banaszewskis so she goes to the house and she, but it's because she wants to like start seeing them more um but Gertrude basically tells her no you're not like you don't have permission to be anywhere near my property and says quote like I, I will quote this that she had not received permission from their parents to allow either girl to see her and then oh. just orders Diana off her property Two weeks, like two weeks later, Diana, um, she sees Jenny by chance. So her sister, the two sisters see each other like just randomly, and asks about Sylvia, um, and Jenny basically just says like I can't tell you or I'll get, I'm gonna get in trouble. So Diana sort of is like, yes, yeah, something, something's something's going on. There might be more to what they said before. Now that I'm not allowed to see, and I I haven't seen Sylvia, so. <laughs> Because of like 
how much she gets tortured and like beaten and mistreated Sylvia has like no control over her bladder anymore yeah and like she's not allowed in the bathroom she's being forced to wet herself and like (laughs) in as punishment for this for what they caused it gets like October 6th and like Gertrude throws Sylvia in the basement and ties her up and when she's in there she's like kept she's kept naked she's like she doesn't get fed very often and like barely gets water and like sometimes she gets tied to the railing of the basement stairs and like when she's tied there her, her feet are like just touching the floor like just mm-hmm. um she so like before like she gets locked in the basement Gertrude like her abuse and like torment gets so much worse and she would like falsely claim the children falsely claim to the children in the house so her kids um that either she or one of them like so either Gertrude or one of her kids had been insulted by Sylvia and like she she would say this because she was really hoping that they would like make them belittle or attack Sylvia um and like one time Gertrude holds a knife up and like challenges Sylvia like to fight back and Sylvia's like no she doesn't know how to fight she's not going to and because she didn't fight back Gertrude inflicts like a a wound in her in her leg so basically it's like damned if you do damned if you don't if she fought she was going to get like a much worse um wound for sure but even she didn't fight and she still ends up getting a wound um it like so it gets to the point with like with Gertrude and like the neighborhood kids that she actually begins charging people five cents a piece to see the display of uh, Sylvia's body, to be able to humiliate, beat, scald, burn, and basically mutilate her. What? Yeah. And People like, stop paying her to, to basically hmm? beat someone. It was, it was kids. Like it, was, it was the kids. So I think I don't. I don't know. But I think for the the kids, it's there's an adult saying it's okay. Because I I'm not sure what age I'm not sure what age they are, but I'm like I know that obviously like they're of an age to know right from wrong, but they've got you know like um they've got like their friends who are doing it, so like they're in a big group, so there's peer pressure to do it, and then there's obviously there's an adult there, and she said it's okay to do. So I I I sort of think that they're 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 being peer pressured, but at the same time they're old enough to know you know this is fucking wrong. Maybe yeah, don't do that. that. There's no doubt. There's no doubt they know, right? Yeah. So, a five-year-old would know that that's not right. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you have to be like. So you have to think as well about like. There's a one-year-old child in that house as well. It's kind of and he's seeing like, all that. Like how many 
of these people have no remorse like that's mm-hmm. so that's so weird to me yeah like where's the guilt or the shame like mm-hmm. or the empathy and i mean i get that behavior breeds behavior so so gertrude and all of the kids like obviously her kids come from her and see that and yeah so that makes sense but like other kids in the neighborhood that to me is really weird yeah i'm gonna put another trigger one here because it the abuse gets like so it's i'm going up in stages here because like the last ones are are not as bad as this one all still fucking horrible and bad this one is like worse so like if if you're not good if you if you've been sickened by the stuff that was before it's it gets worse yeah so when she's in in the basement uh gertrude basically she would assist the kids like her her kids the neighborhood kids in like restraining and gagging sylvia and like placing her in in bathtubs with scalding water that was like a really common thing and like rubbing salt in the wounds and then like one time Gertrude's son John Jr who he's 12 at this time he like rubs the the urine and like feces from his brother the one-year-old's diaper into Sylvia's mouth and then he gives her a cup, like it's half full of water. And that water was all she was to get that day. Um John then like so he 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 starts getting more involved and he on October 22nd he offers to allow her to eat a bowl of soup with her fingers and then like quickly takes it away from her um when she like tries to eat the food um eventually Gertrude says to Sylvia that she's allowed to sleep upstairs but only on the condition that she learns not to wet herself and Sylvia says to her sister to secretly give her a glass of water before. Um, and the next the next day, Gertrude basically finds out that Sylvia's beat herself. And as punishment, she's forced to insert the empty glass of Coca-Cola into her um, genitals again in, in front of all the children before she's been she's basically told to go into the basement again basically um, abusing this whole neighborhood's like children though because yeah like, well this one this one's in front of her kids but like she's yeah she's she's just fucked up um yeah so she she basically tells her to go back into the basement and like shortly after that she shouts um at sylvia to come back to the kitchen Tells her to strip naked um, and says to her, you've branded my daughters, so now I'm going to brand you. And like she carves, literally carves the words 
I'm a prostitute and proud of it into um, Sylvia's stomach, like abdomen, with a heated needle. Um, basically, when she's she's not able to finish Grandin, but she she gets one of the neighborhood children uh, who's there. He's a 14, 14 year old Richard Dean Hobbs. She gets him to finish uh, writing out the words on the Sylvia's abdomen. And basically, what she does is she so she she like hands the needle to him. And then goes, um, she just takes Jenny to the to the grocery store, like it's like it's totally normal. And then like, so later on, like whenever they're testifying, he insists that what he he wrote was short and light etchings. Short and light etchings into into. Sylvia's like I have a picture of it it's it's not short and light at all so she's basically obviously she's in pain like clenching her teeth and like groaning in pain um so Hobbs and Shirley Banaszewski she's 10 take her to the basement where they use an anchor bolt to try and burn the letter s in between um Sylvia's breasts and they but they applied one section of the loop backwards and scarred the number three I don't know why that's relevant that they put it in backwards they still did something fucking stupid and really horrible there so she has like a three on her chest in her chest now um and like so like after this happens Gertrude like mocks Sylvia, by like saying she's never going to be able to marry because of the words carved into her stomach, she quote, she's quoted as saying, Sylvia, what are you going to do now? You can't get married now. What are you going to do? End quote. Um, and like Sylvia's obviously like really upset and she just like she's crying and she's just like, well, I guess there's nothing that that she can do. Like, and later on that day. Gertrude like forces her to like show off the carving in front of like all of the neighborhood kids and like Gertrude like while she, like Sylvia is showing these the the carvings to the kids Gertrude's like really like proudly claiming and like shouting that she received the inscription at a sex party oh my god oh, what oh, none of these None of these kids, like, go and tell their parents. I don't know, because at this point, there's so many kids involved that they're bound to have talked to it in, about it in front of an adult, because obviously there's an adult that, there that's telling them it's okay, so they obviously think it's okay in front of adults. So... Yeah, they've got, they've got to, someone's got to have said something somewhere. One of those kids has got to go home feeling, like, disgusting. Uh-huh. But no, nothing happened. That's the most confusing part of this. Like I, ha mm -hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. But um, so, so that night after, like the whole, like that, she obviously that morning she got all that carved into her stuff, into her abdomen. She gets the three put into between her in between her breasts. She then gets 
she gets mocked, then she gets displayed and like, made fun of. And that night, like she says, like Sylvia says to her sister, like Jenny, I know you don't want me to die, but I'm going to die and I can tell it. Like she, so, uh, imagine being 16 years old. No one, like this, this has all happened to you and you just, you just know that, that how you, how it's all going to go. At that point, you're going to know that. Yeah. Um, how, like, how much can one, like, young girl? Yeah. And she's, like, not even being fed and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next day, Gertrude, she wakes up Sylvia and makes her write a letter. Um, it's she basically she like she just tells her what to write and then like Sylvia writes it and like the whole the whole purpose of it is like make her parents think that she's run away and it was it's like she she's meant to make her her parents think that she's run away with a group of anonymous local boys um because basically what she gets her to write is that they they abused and mutilated her and she after she had agreed to have sex with them uh she is running away with them for some reason because that makes complete sense um and after Sylvia writes the letter Gertrude like starts making this plan with her son and Jenny to blindfold Sylvia, take her to the nearby wood, um, and leave her there to die. Um, after she finishes writing the letter, like in like Sylvia is like tied to the stairwell again, offered crackers to eat, and like she refuses to eat them and says, Give it to the dog. I don't want it. And because she says, knows. Yeah, because she says that, Gertrude like forces her to eat it. And her and her son beat her like really focusing on the stomach um so on october 25th sylvia tries to escape so she has a bit of fight in her she only tries to escape because she actually like overhears gertrude and her son talking about planning to like abandon her to die so she's trying to get she tries to like run out the front door but because of like all of her injuries and how weak she is Gertrude just catches her away um she's given toast eat but she's she's so dehydrated that she can't even and Gertrude forces that down her throat again and like she ends up like beating her with a curtain rod and like, but here's the thing, like, so she beats her so badly with the curtain rod that like it starts to bend into right angles. And then like, so, like this whole like this whole thing is like in Indiana in Indianapolis, this is said to be like the worst thing that has happened there. Um 
Koi, the I think this boy Stephanie's boyfriend. What I remember, um, he takes he takes the curtain rod, and like keeps hitting Sylvia until she's unconscious, and then they just drag her back into the basement. Um, but that night, uh, Sylvia like tries to alert the neighbors by screaming and hitting walls in the basement with a speed um and one of one of the neighbors that like later on says to the police that she heard the the, the noise and knew where it was coming from but the noise had stopped at 3 a.m so she just decided not to say anything Yeah, well, fucking the whole lot of it is. But um, so tw the October twenty sixth, the next day, basically. Um, she has she hasn't got any voice. She's not really able to like move her limbs properly, and Gertrude like moves her into the kitchen and props her against the wall. She tries to feed her a donut, and a glass of milk. And then just throw Sylvia on the floor because she's so frustrated that she can't correctly move the glass of milk to her lips. And then puts her back in the basement. And so Sylvia's like delirious at this point. Like she she's she doesn't make any sense. She's moaning and she's mumbling. And like Paula asks her to recite the alphabet and she can't. She can she can she can say the first four letters and then that's it and she's she's just able to lift herself off the ground and then she, she, that's it and like Paula threatens threatens her to get her to stand up and um or she she would inflict a long jump upon her and then Gertrude so Sylvia basically. She she poos herself, and Gertrude orders her to clean it up. Um, and then that that afternoon, they like a load of a load of people that that have been abusing her basically gather in the basement, and like she she's trying like really hard to like point to people, and. She's trying to like she's people she recognizes anyway. She's like she's making like statements like you're Ricky, like but she's her arm movements are really like jerky, and she's like pointing people out like you're Ricky and you're Gertie, and like Ger Gertrude like whenever she gets pointed at and said you're Gertie, she shouts like shut up, you know who I am, and like later they give her like a pair. It's rotten, and Sylvia, she can't even bite into it. And she, like, she, she just can't. And, like, she could, she's, it's, she, oh, it's like she's got, she's like, loose teeth or something. But Jenny, like, says to her, don't you remember, Sylvia, your front tooth was knocked out when you were seven? But I think, so... I don't think I think her teeth are there but it's just that they're really loose and Jenny's trying to like because of what she said the night before about she's gonna die 
think Jenny's trying to make her like not feel as bad, if you know what I mean. So um, Jenny leaves Sylvia in the basement to go and do chores for the neighbours because she's trying to earn money. Um, they so they're trying to wash washer and John, one of Gertrude's um sons, sprays her with a garden hose. That Randy Leper, one of the kids, brings to the house at like Gertrude requests. So, um, she's like trying to escape the basement, but collapses before she can even reach the stairs. And um, because of this, Gertrude like stamps on her head before like just standing there and staring at her for like a couple of minutes one of the most horrific ever yeah um richard hobbs the 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 guy from before um he comes back to the house at like half five and like immediately goes down to the basement and he says that he slipped on the wet basement floor and he, he like falls on on the floor and he's like he, basically what he sees is Stephanie's like crying and like when he comes back he comes down to the basement sees Stephanie crying and she's like cuddling Steph, like Sylvia's body which is like covered in like lacerations and bruises Wait, and everything Stephanie Stephanie, one of Gertrude's daughters, the, the second oldest daughter. The reason that, that Stephanie's down there is because her mum had told her to clean Sylvia. So they, um, they decide to give her like a really warm soapy bath and dress her in new clothes. So they put her on like one of the mattresses in one of the bedrooms, and she Sylvia like is like muttering and she basically is like she's or what she says is she wishes that her daddy was there and that Stephanie would take her home and like mm -hmm. Stephanie like is saying to her younger sister Shirley who's 10 oh she'll be all right but like Stephanie like just sort of realizes that Sylvia is not breathing anymore so she tries she tries to give her mouth to mouth and like Gertrude is like shouting to the kids in the house that like Sylvia's faking it. But like she's 16 years old and she like so that, that she basically just succumbed to her injuries. Um Gertrude is like so adamant that Sylvia is faking it that she grabs a book and like hits Sylvia's corpse with it, shouting like faker, faker to like try and wake her up. But like she like she basically just fucking panics then when she realizes Sylvia's not waking up and like gets Richard to call the police from like a payphone nearby. And the police get to the house at like half six. And Gertrude shows them the body. Um and like she hands them the letter that she had made uh, Sylvia write 
before that was meant to go to the parents and she she basically says to them she'd been trying to like doctor the child for an hour before she died and had applied rubbing alcohol to the wounds and basically tried her best to like heal her and added, like kept saying that so Sylvia had like ran away from home with like a load of teenagers um earlier that afternoon she had been like bare-breasted and she was clutching a note and like <sighs> Paula like the oldest daughter um she she's like holding a bible and says like everyone there that like Lycan's death was meant to happen and then she like sh looks at Jenny and like says to her like really calmly like if you want to live with us Jenny we'll treat you like our own sister mm -hmm. and like so in the time that it takes the police to get to the house Gertrude has basically like coached Jenny what to say but so she she tells them everything that Gertrude tells her to say and then like later on she like grabs a police officer and is like you get me out of here and I will tell you everything. Um, so she gives a formal statement of like what happened. Um, and like so the list of people that get like arrested are Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, John. Um, they all get like they all get arrested on suspicion of the actual murder. And the same day, uh Coy and Richard. They get arrested for the same charges. They, so all the kids get placed in custody in like a juvenile detention center. And like the youngest children and Richard are all brought to Indianapolis Children's Guardians Home and then they're held like without bail pending trial. And like at the very start, Gertrude like tries to say that she had no involvement in anything to do with Sylvia's death but then on like, October 25th she confesses that she 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 knew that the kids particularly her daughter Paula and Coy like were physically and emotionally abusing uh, Sylvia but that Paula did most of the damage and Coy did a lot of the beatings and then it's unreal like mm -hmm. that's oh god and then so she she goes on to like say that she had made sylvia sleep in the basement on approximately three occasions when she'd wet the bed but like whenever officers um asked her for like reasons why she'd become incontinent and where all the mental distress came from and where the injury to her kidneys came from she just was really evasive and like so paula her daughter has like no remorse and she straight away just signed a statement saying that she like she repeatedly beat Sylvia um basically just straight up said everything um John because she was raised by that yeah no. she John admits to spanking Sylvia on one occasion and adding the most of the time I used my fist to abuse her and he like so he admits to burning Sylvia with like matches and stuff, but like he says that his mom had repeatedly burned the burned Sylvia with cigarettes. Um, five neighborhood children who um were part of the abuse. Uh, let me look up the names. 
Michael Monroe, Randy Lepper, Darlene McGuire, Judy Duke and Anna Sisko. They were all arrested October 29th and all were charged with causing injury to person and they each were released into the custody of their parents. Just um, under subpoena, basically, to appear as witnesses in the trial. I want to say, I don't, I don't even have risk. Um, the autopsy. This is this is where like the the everything is like it it just baffles me. She had over a hundred and fifty separate wounds over her entire body. Ooh. And in addition to that, she was like extremely emaciated. All of her wounds like were they were on different locations, all of like a different nature, a different severity. Like no two things were the same. She had like burns, she had bruising, she had muscle and nerve damage. Um, she, her um, vaginal cavity was swollen shut. And like her, after an examination, they determined that her hymen was still in, intact, which obviously discredits Gertrude's whole she's pregnant thing, a prostitute and promiscuous. Um, all of her fingernails were broken backwards. Oh my God. Most of the external layers of skin upon her face were like breast, neck, right knee. They'd like peeled or receded. And like while she was dying, they said that like basically the way that she was in so much pain that like she'd like bitten through her lips and like partially severed sections like from her face. So they officially list the, the cause of death as a subdural hematoma due to receiving a severe blow to her right temple and both the shock that she suffered and the like the damage in her skin, plus the severe malnutrition were listed as contribution, contributing factors to her death. And like by the time they got to her body, rigor mortis had already set in. So she she had been she'd been dead for eight hours before she was even like before Gertrude had even told her daughter to go down and clean her. Um they had a daughter they had a funeral for her um on October 29th. And there were like there was more than a hundred people came. It was more than a hundred. Why were those hundred people? Why were those hundred when like the whole neighborhood what was happening yeah that's just that's just ridiculous i know um her so it's basically preceded by reverend louise gibson louis gibson louis i think it's louis he so he writes a eulogy and in what he says is basically we all have our time of passing but we won't suffer like our little sister suffered during the last of her days and then, like he, like goes towards her casket and says, "She was, she's gone to eternity." And her headstone uh, is inscribed with the words, "Our darling daughter." 
just a, so, just a fucking joke. It's it is actually so fucking mental. Like, I so whenever I first started working this, I was like, oh, this is this this isn't like this isn't just one person murdering something. This is like this is a whole fucking fine murdered this little girl institutional abuse on a whole new level yeah um but i got up so i got a load of the newspaper clippings up and i'm getting up i have them on my phone um there's so many people that came to the trial and like um there's like a memorial was made for and all. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna like just put the link to the the uh transcripts for the trial um mm. into the internet. It's too, it's too much to like fully get into because it's just it's it's metal. Um but basically December 30th, 1965, the First degree murder indictment was placed against Gertrude and two of the three eldest children, um, Paula and John. And at the same time, Richard and Coy Hubbard were charged with repeatedly struck, beaten, kicked, and otherwise inflicted a culmination of fatal injuries with premeditated malice. Um, I'm pretty sure that, so one second, because I I went on to like look and see like what happens to like all of them um, after. It's the convictions. Yeah, so convictions, um, May 19th, 1966. The, the, the trial lasted for 17 days before they like retired to make a verdict. They deliberated for eight hours, and it was eight men and four women that found Gertrude guilty of first-degree murder. They recommended she be sentenced to life in prison. Paula is guilty of second-degree murder. Hobbs, Hubbard, and John Banaszewski Jr. They were found guilty of ma- manslaughter. Um, Judge Rab, like he hears this and, or like, sorry, he he announces this and Gertrude and her kids all burst out crying. They try to like console each other, but like, what? but like Hobbs and Hubbard, the two boys, they just they're like completely impassive. But why are they even like trying to console each other? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, poor poor Rose. Uh, May 25th, Gertrude and Paula are formally sentenced to life imprisonment and on the same day, Richard, Boy and John, are they each receive sentences of 2 to 21 years to be served in an Indiana reformery. And then, September 1970, the Indiana Supreme Court reversed the convictions of Gertrude and Paula on the basis that Judge Sol Isaac Rabb denied repeatedly submitted motions by their defense counsel. What? Yeah. Um, 
they wanted a change of venue and separate trials. This They did this because of the amount of media that was on top of this case when it was found out. That's why there were so many people at the trial. They, they basically were saying that there was no way they could have a fair trial because everyone knew in the town and there was so much media coverage. But it's such a, like, I don't see how they can say that this, that they can reverse that and say that it was because him, him not submit, like giving them the, the trial that they wanted because they're never going to get the trial that they wanted because as soon as people hear that a 16 year old kid was fucking murdered by the woman who was supposed to take care of them and her kids and neighborhood kids, that it's going to be in the media anyway. You're, you're never going to get a fair trial for that. 100%. So they get retried in 1971. And this time Paula, she decides to plead guilty to voluntary manslaughter rather than to face a retrial. So she gets told to serve between two and 20 years, the same as her, her brothers, um, for her part in the abuse and death. Um, she like tr tries to escape twice in the prison but ends up released in 1972. So she spends a year in prison. And even though she tried to escape, they still let her out a year later. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Gertrude, uh, she gets convicted of first-degree murder again and sentenced to life in prison. And so she spent 14, day, 14 years in prison. Gertrude is basically known as a model prisoner. She worked in the prison sewing shop. Um, she was known as a den mother to younger female inmates oh, and was sick. given the prison nickname Mum. Sick. Actually yeah. sick. Yeah. Um, by, so she ends up being put for parole in 1985. And by this time, she's changed her name to Nadine Van Fossen, which is a combination of her middle name and maiden name. And like basically, she's a devout Christian now. Um, she's still going to fucking hell yeah uh, she gets her parole hearing um, but like people hear about it and there's like absolute uproar in Indiana Jenny and her like immediate family they all like protest against like any prospect of a release um, they have like two members uh, members of two anti-crime groups they traveled in Indiana to oppose Vanazuski's potential parole and to publicly support the the Lycan family and then both so both groups basically they like group together and initiate a side like to a sidewalk picket campaign and for like the course of two months they they collect over 40,000 signatures from the citizens in Indiana um, and they also, so it's not even like just adults, it's like, so they, they get the signatures of like people who were kids at the time that were too young to like even rec like recollect the case. Um, all, of, all of the signatures basically demanded that Gertrude be incarcerated for all of her life. Um, but Gertrude, like, this really, she, at her parole hearing, she says that she wishes that Lycan's death could be undone. But she still, she still, like, minimalize, minimizes her responsibility 
for any of her actions. She says, like, I'm not sure what role I had in Sylvia's death because I was on drugs. I never really knew her. I take full responsibility for whatever happened to Sylvia. But like that's a contradicted statement. Like half of that is I'm I don't take responsibility because of this excuse, but I take full responsibility. What? And uh, I it, it yeah yeah what what happened? They take into consideration her good conduct in prison, and the parole board marginally voted her in favor of her being released. She gets released from prison on December fourth, nineteen eighty five. I'm gonna just. I'm sorry that I I'm swearing so much. And I just this story is awful, and like the only response I have is like angry swear words. No, I know. Because like, um, what what do you even what can you even say? Yeah, but here, so here, like, so I looked at, I, I went in and was like, what the fuck happened to like everyone after this? Because I wanted to know, like, Gertrude gets out. So what the fuck happened to her? She, um. She's like never ever fully takes responsibility for anything to do with Sylvia. Um, she gets released from prison in 1985. She moves to Iowa. Um, she says that she, she was on medication and for asthma, and that's what happened. She she dies of lung cancer June 19, 1990, at the age of 61. Still think she should have been in prison, like what? she dies um <clears throat> there, she, there's a reporter basically in 2015 says that he never thought she was insane that she was a downtrodden mean woman and like so he like weirdly puts everything he correlates this to uh the novel lord of the rings saying that he stated Sylvia's increased physical and emotional abuse was not a result of children going wild. It was children doing what they were told. Which, I mean, I read Lord of the Flies. And it's sort of, I can see where he gets that from because a child does die in Lord of the, in Lord of, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the Flies. Um, the whole thing with Lord of the Flies is there is no adult presence there. Yeah. So it's one side that he, one side is like, he wants to stick with the rules. He wants to try and keep everyone generally uh, with the rules. And when they stick with his rules, nothing bad happens. But the other one is the other kid decides that he's going to take kids up the other side and there's going to be no rules. They can do whatever they want. And because of that, someone ends up dead. So... Yeah. I think that's the correlation he's trying to make, but I don't, I think it applies, but also I think it doesn't apply because that is a case of children going wild in Lord of the Flies, like he says, but they have an it's adult not, present, they have an adult present that is telling them it's the, okay. Yeah, it's the adult that's made them go that way. Yeah. Paula, now this is what fucking I just, oh, I'm like, this general, this genuinely just fucking irritates me because she gets a new identity and then works as a school counselor 
for 14 years. How is this shit allowed? How is this even allowed? She concealed the truth about her criminal history when she applied, and she was a, she was fired in 2012. Whenever they they figured out who she was, because she so she changed her name to Paula Pace. Uh, whenever she went, so that there's obviously no criminal record under the name Paula Pace. Um, but so she she's still alive, but she apparently lives in Iowa and is married with two kids, and the daughter that she so remember she was pregnant. She apparently gave birth like somewhere in between the trial, and that um, she yeah. So she gave birth while being tried in 1966. She named her after her daughter. So the daughter, the the, the child was named Gertrude, but was adopted later on. Um, Stephanie, one of Gertrude's daughters, she the murder charges on her and like they get dropped. Um, after she agreed to turn in evidence against the other defendants. And to be fair, she was the one that had a little bit of, like, force. Yeah, she was. She, she, her prosecutors, like, resubmit her case um, in front of a grand jury in May 26, and they decide to prosecute her in a separate trial, but it never, like, it never happens. She gets a new name, too, and she becomes a school teacher. Um, she gets married and has several kids. She lives in Florida. She's now Stephanie Sirak's dad. Um, but she gets so in the trial. She she gets asked why she does everything. She's just, I'm just here in hope I can help anybody. And like the the mum's attorney basically is just like including yourself, which is. Yeah, I think out of all the kids, Stephanie was the one that she was the only one that had like any sort of remorse. It may have been a tiny bit and it may have only been because she might have had that tiny bit of fear that if anything, if like at some point something happened, yeah, like she was she was going to be next if she if she. If she did anything, uh, maybe. But yeah, that's the thing. If you're, if you're like the one out of mm. ten people who is like, this is so bad, this is wrong. Yeah. It does. You, you can't. What are you gonna do? Uh-huh. What are you gonna do? Because minority, you don't have a voice in that. Yeah. But she, she's the only one that ever stood up to your mother. Um. Three of the kids. Basically, their their dad takes custody of them. Um, after the mom gets arrested, um, they Marie marries, but she dies in twenty seventeen. She was sixty two. Dennis, the 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 son to the the guy she dated for like a year, and he ran away. He gets adopted, but he. He died in 2012, 47. <sighs> Richard Hobbs, Foy, and Johnny, they, John, sorry, they each, like, they only served two years in the reformery. Um, Richard dies of lung cancer. He's age 21, like, four years after he's released from the reformery. Um, 
Y fui a Hubbard, stayed in Indiana and never ever attempted to change his name. He like he he stayed on that path. Like he repeatedly gets put in jail for different offenses. Um, and like uh, he gets charged with the murder of two young men. But it's just he's just fucked up. He um yeah, so the this this whole thing got made into a movie in 2007 called An American Crime. And after that movie comes out, he gets fired from his job because they basically find out it's him. He's the same guy because he never changed his name. What a thing to make a movie about. Oh. It's um Ellen Page starred in it. Well, it's she. Well, sorry, he is now Elliot Page. Um, in two thousand and seven, I haven't watched it because it. I don't know if I want to because I, because I know of what actually happened to Sylvia. I don't know if they if they take any liberties with it, and I don't know if I want to watch it because of that, or if I, just I, think but I also how... just don't want to watch it because I know that, that what happens to it is fucking horrible. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. see it played out in front of yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll... Not if you... yeah um John changes his name to John Blake after his dad takes um he <laughs> for some reason like years after he gets released from the informery the, the informery the, the reformery he um decides to release a statement in um and what it does is he acknowledges the fact that him and the two other boys um should have been sentenced to a more severe term of punishment um and he says that young criminals they're not beyond rehabilitation and basically says he's become a really productive citizen um Mm. He, he dies um, of diabetes in Lancaster General Hospital in 2005 at 52. But before he died, he like so he would like he would like speak publicly about his past. And he like so he was he readily admitted that he enjoyed the attention that Sylvia's murder brought him, but also claimed that he only ever hurt Sylvia once. But once What's is enough. Happen? Once is too many times. But you can't say you enjoyed that. Like, yeah, I, I enjoyed the aftermath of this. Like, yeah. It's um, a shame. It's a shame. Um. But the result, all the other kids, they all basically just do their testimony, get whatever sentence. Them. There's not really much said about them. Jenny, the sister, she gets married to Leonard Reese. Uh, they have two children. She, so she, like, obviously is very traumatized by the abuse that she watched her sister endure. Um, she endured it herself, too. Yeah. So she died of a heart attack in June 23rd, 2004. Um, she, so for the rest of her life the whole time that she was um, out of the care of Gertrude she was heavily dependent on anxiety medication 
And so 14 years before she died, she saw Gertrude's obituary in a newspaper. So she clipped out the, the bed, the little section, mailed it to her mum and like wrote on it some good news. Damn old Gertrude died. Ha ha ha. I'm happy about that. Hmm. Which I mean, good for you. Yeah. Um, the house that all of this happened in, it like stayed vacant for years. Um, and I think uh, someone tried to, there was, so there was discussions about like purchasing it and like making it into a, this is so weird. And it's so, I think it's really inappropriate. They, they tried, to, they wanted to convert the property into a women's shelter. I, it doesn't sit right with me. I, I don't think that that should have been. Um, but they, they just end up demolishing it April 2009. Uh, it just, uh, got rid of it basically. Um, They, so they, they make of that little memorial, I'm going to post it in the uh, Heart Not Evidence page on Instagram. Um, but her, so her case is credited as the reason that Indiana uh, now has a mandated reporter law. Uh, and it has like a now more, like they have a better understanding of the of the recognition of abuse and how to investigate it. Yeah, they also they, that's always what's said. Like yeah. every single big case you hear about like that. Oh, but it led us to better legislation. Yeah, mm. better safeguarding procedure. Yeah. But actually it took someone dying and suffering for that. I ours don't Yeah. yeah. Basically what their law says is should a member of the public suspect a child is suffering abuse or neglect, the citizen suspecting this abuse has a legal obligation to report the abuse. I think that's because the neighbours that had seen stuff going on just never did anything. Um, There's no plus side to this. No. All. no. Just... They made a Sylvia's Child Advocacy Centre uh, they dedicated it in memory of Sylvia Likens in 2010 in Lebanon, Indiana. Um, it was originally Boone County City Advocacy Center. It's a non-profit organization that was renamed for her in 2016. Um, the director for it basically just said, the most important thing that we can do is tell kids they are hurt and we are listening. Uh, this is something that no one did for Sylvia. Her family is thankful though, and it doesn't have to be that way anymore. She did not die in vain. She died a horrific death, but because of that, we're hoping another child can. So what she said is right, but saying she didn't die in vain is... is 
I mean, she she, 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 she didn't most, have to. She didn't she have to die at all. She most certainly she, did die in vain. There she was, was failed. She was yeah. failed by people. And I mean, the sister. The yeah. Sister, the old, the older sister. Mm-hmm. What, what, what did she do? Like you were told, like they told you. What did you do? I think her own, her own sister failed it. Yeah. She was. I get the one that lived with her. She wasn't in a position to do anything. But the other one, I don't know what that excuse. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm I angry at all of them. Yeah, I don't know. I think her thing, the reason that nothing happened with her, is maybe because she maybe didn't know what to do. I I don't know. I honestly nothing much ever gets fucking said about her ever. And like, no, there's so many things she could have done. Police, yeah. her mum and dad, like uh, push for to find out yeah. what's going on. Like anything, she she, she did nothing. Yeah, there's uh, no excuse for that. Failed her. It, it proper. Just... Yeah, it. Um, yeah, no, I was very angry reading this thing. Like I have, so I have pictures of Gertrude, of Richard, of um, of Sylvia's mum, of Jenny. Um, there's so I have got a picture of the carving on her stomach but I'm unsure or not if I'm I may post it at the end with a trigger warning just um but I have like newspaper clippings of the trials as they were going on um yeah it's and of her memorial and of the house, so the picture of the house, like like I it, just feel I actually feel like shit right now. It's a he- it's oh. it's it's heavy in your stomach, is what like how I would describe it. Yeah. It's like so like Bailey, she covered it, but like so she like loosely goes into it. I'm not surprised though, because it's it's not. Oh really yeah. How like? Not easy. No, it's difficult. I like so the only reason I wanted to um to to share it was because it's one of those ones where I I don't think it'll ever not be relevant, and it's one that because so people like will see will see abuse happen and not realize it's abuse. So my thing for this was that if this in some way highlights to someone, there's someone near them being abused. It's a pretty, it's a hardcore course to fucking do it, but like nobody, nobody understands how easily a flip can be switched on an abuser. So it could like from one like small slap that you may have seen or you may have noticed a bruise, like the next day that person could be gone because like it's just <sighs> abuse is just oh. fucking it's it's just don't chaotic. Yeah. If somebody resonates this, don't fail them because it might be nothing, it might be something. Right thing. Yeah. And if and it's the, nothing, you still did. Yeah, could have been something. Yeah, and the the thing is that like so, even like if 
so, so many of the people in this case were scared to say something, but if they had just said something, Sylvia would would have still been alive. Like there's there's I have no doubt about it. If someone else had just said something about Sylvia being hurt, or if the fucking neighbors had said they'd seen it happen. Yeah. this could have been stopped so much earlier they could have went and stayed with their sister for god's sake like yeah. it just takes one one person by the whistle yeah that's one's life so. I do apologise if it's too heavy. I did. I did try and put trigger this, warnings in. Yeah, there's trigger warnings all over it. It's and I am going to put a trigger warning in the description. There's going to be a trigger warning on the flipping the evidence page. It's going to be a trigger warning on the Facebook page. Just yeah. Um, I'm not going to do too many heavy ones. I think this. Um, I'm going to try. I couldn't. I well, they're all pretty heavy. They're all part and see here's the thing, right? So see for stories like this, stories, but cases like this, if I had heard them before I had him, like before I had my my son, I would like I wouldn't say that I would have been like immune to them. I would have known obviously that they're very horrible fucking things, but I wouldn't have like really like reacted to them. I I would have been like, oh shit, yeah, that's horrible. That's a shit, that's just shit. Are you pooping? there's a time and a place um would like so yeah I would have genuinely like not really had much of a reaction to it but like whenever I was looking into this one I like, there was times I was crying yeah I was just... like I was like that listening because it's just it's just awful it's horrific it's just fucking sadistic like everything yeah. happened is just sadistic um but yeah like Things like this wouldn't have affected me as much as they do now. Before, I, like before I had a child, it wouldn't have affected me as much as it does now. And like that baffles me because, like, so I think of like anyone that would be listening to this now that doesn't have a child, and maybe had would have would have had maybe like the same sort of reaction as me. Is like genuinely just it. It would have been told to them, and like so, yeah, they'd be like, yeah, it's sad it's sadistic it's fucking mental but then just go on with their life like this is like i i have fucking nightmares about this shit like i sit here hugging my child because i'm not like <laughs> but you do though like yeah. you hear stuff like this and you just you, you like hug them a little bit longer than you mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that was a heavy one. It was, it was. Um, Not sure what kind I, yeah, so let us know if you think that should have got, like, any of them should have got heavier sentences. I firmly believe they all should have been rotted in jail, like, every single one of them. Even the kids, like, I, there's no part of me that thinks that any of them was innocent or um didn't know what was happening. 
because they all every single one of them pointed the finger at someone else yeah not one of them wanted to take any sort of um blame for that and yeah i think they all should have just rotted um that let us know free or or not <laughs> yeah. if, if you don't then you should probably just leave <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, you can so you can join in the discussion on Facebook in the Facebook community, which is Harping On Community, or you can look at the evidence on Harping On Evidence on Instagram. Um, I will tag the or I will post the link to the uh, transcript. Um, for the trial. Can you make uh can you make next next week's one a cold case one where they find out it was? <laughs> Try me let's, let's let's make next one like a, a runaway clown um that gets found and nothing happens to him. A good ending to next week's one. Yeah, I'm gonna try and do that. So yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>